news, play breakdowns, power rankings, storylines you never hear talked about anywhere else. It's all straight shots here. Fired by straight shooters. S and Gun. This is the Objective Basketball Podcast. Welcome back to the Objective Basketball Podcast. S here, Lauren, joining me as always. The NBA is back, folks. It's here. I tried to watch 15 games yesterday, (laughs) but the NBA, because it likes to start every game at the exact same time, makes it very hard to do so. Uh, I was keyed in on Raptors Wolves. You were keyed in on Mavericks Spurs, where we Mm -hmm. saw an enigmatic rookie big take over the rookie of the year race in Derek Lively. <laughs> I appreciate it. I, I'm hey, glad hey. we couldn't even get five minutes in without, without of mentioning course. Derek Lively. Of so course. I, well, I appreciate it. it I, I feel like there were a lot of great games last night mm-hmm. so far. I think there's been like 17 games and they've all been, you know, they've all had their interesting wrinkles to them. But I feel like Mav Spurs was fun in its own right, because obviously Wemby's debut um, and then on the other side, you have all the questions around the Mavericks, Luca and Kyrie, how the defense is going to look, Lively coming in, the starting lineup. Why is Josh Green not in the starting lineup is my question. Maybe we'll get to that in a little bit. But ultimately, like, what were your main takeaways from, from Mav Spurs? Yeah, I think aside from the obvious with Derek Lively, I guess we should start there for anyone who maybe hadn't seen it. Sure. Um, yeah. The confidence that he played with, it was sort of shocking to see it so early in game one because you can be sometimes you see rookies that are confident but they still have this like frazzled energy about about them but he didn't he 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 looked very calm he played very well alongside Luca he was obviously listening to him and Kyrie as well um so it was just really nice to see him what as like from the second he got in there he you could feel it change the game and so Mm -hmm. that was amazing to see on night one um and I hope that they make that starting lineup change starting <laughs> next game. It's not the type of thing that that needs to sort of be like, oh, well, we'll just base it on matchup. In my opinion, yeah. the continuity is important. You have got to just hit the ground rolling with that and, and move on from there. Um, Tim well, Hardaway okay. Jr. I, yeah, my, go ahead. My, my thing here is like, why not start him and Kleber both? Like, why can't you do that? Like, what? It, I mean, yes, you go a little bit big, but I mm-hmm. think it gives you two different rolling options. Uh, yeah. Kleber is more of a pick and pop guy. Lively, obviously. I mean, he did his best Tyson Chandler impression last night. And I think- <laughs> No kidding. The comp is very clear uh, just in terms of like the rim running, the shot blocking, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. I think ultimately like that's the mold he's kind of leaning towards anyways. Luca yeah. was clearly really impressed with him last night too. Um, <laughs> I, I just think like you can play those types of players together, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not like Kleber is this slow, you know, uh, like not switchable type of defender. If anything, mm-hmm. he's, he's really good on that end, right? right? He can guard multiple positions for you. I think you could go bigger. Like if yeah. and and if the issue is size and length, then like go double big, you know? Yeah, and 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 I'm glad that you said that because I think a lot of people right now are would would say, "Oh, well they want to start Grant Williams at the 4." And 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 that's true, but the whole point of starting Derrick Jones Jr. was to get more size, more athleticism. Mm-hmm. And I like Derrick Jones Jr. I like the fit. I think he's going to be he's going to play a, a a decent role for the Mavericks this year. Yeah. But if you want to have that size, I agree with you. I think looking at Maxi and kind of looking how that could work and you have the the lob threat pick and roll um and also the pick and pop threat with with Maxi, 
you can go big and you can still have Grant Williams in there and he may just not play the four. And, and sometimes, I mean, you saw him um, and I think a lot of people saw him get switched on to Wemby and, and get assigned to guard Wemby at, yeah, at, at yeah, certain yeah. points of the game. And so if they want to be selective with the defensive matchups, like you would expect, they can still do that while rolling out a bigger lineup that does include Maxi. And so um, I thought it was interesting to see Maxi kind of get the nod on night one. I'm not sure what that means from when you're kind of looking forward to the whole season, how they view him as a, as a starter, a potential starter. Um, but if they want to go big and they have that same logic with Derek Jones Jr., I think they should be asking the same question about Maxi Kleba. Yeah, especially because Kleba can space the floor. Derek Jones Jr. can't. Like, I mean, yeah. and, and for all of his lob abilities and whatnot, mm-hmm. I think Derek Lively can do a lot of that stuff that Derek Jones can do. And, and like, he gives you bigger size on that front. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. think Grant can play the three. Like, I, mm-hmm. he can guard. He can stay with threes a little bit. Yep. Um, obviously okay. depends on what type of three, uh, <laughs> but ultimately, yeah, I, I think that could work. And by the way, the, those are the type of guys that are going to give Wemby trouble. It's the, yeah. the big Strong. bruiser type that can kind of be low center of gravity. Like, I won't be surprised if there's going to be a moment where like, I don't know, Kyle Lowry gives <laughs> Wemby problems just right. because, you know, big body type, like he's yep. going to, he's going to have issues. I, I just, I think those are the types of guys that are going to affect Wemby in that type of way. Wemby mm-hmm. also got in foul trouble. Um, yeah. He finished off the game with, I think, 15 points. Uh, and look, it's his debut. It's his first game. Uh, mm-hmm. The overreactions will overreact, but he clearly showed off tons of potential in the preseason. In the regular season, even in this game, I think there were mm-hmm. moments where it's like, whoa, this is this is different. This is something very unique to its own. And like mm-hmm. he's going to have to develop into that. He has to figure out the fouling issue. We were talking about it last night, but like some of the things that happen with Wemby is that he doesn't know he's in the space he's in mm-hmm. because he's so long. Like he'll accidentally have a handout and that will be a foul just because he has a handout. There, you know what right. I mean? He, so some of that is figuring out just positionally where you're going to be. And how mm-hmm. you're going to involve your just limbs, you know? Right. Um, so yeah, that's, that's the big question I have on the Wemby front. I'm not too like worried, if you will, yeah. after one game. How do you, how was, how was Wemby from your perspective? Yeah, it, it, it's, it's crazy because we obviously all know how talented he is, but it, it, when you're watching the Spurs and not just the pieces that they have around him, but you take all the, you have all those pieces in the back of your mind and then, and I mean, they're solid players, but then Wemby gets the ball and you just immediately want the ball out of his hands because <laughs> it doesn't really matter if Derek Lively and his ridiculous wingspan is on him and, and Lively yeah. can move his feet. So it doesn't matter if it's Lively, Maxi, Grant. There are certain points where if he gets a shot off, there's just there's nothing you can do. And it most of the time it went in. And so that was like it was sort of shocking to see a rookie have the confidence, but also just the ability to say, Oh yeah, like you're in my face right now. There's a, a, a hand in my face and it just, there's nothing you can do. And so um, that was pretty insane. But um, as far as concerns with him, I personally, I don't have any concerns with him or after night yeah. one from like a reactionary standpoint. It's it's tough. It's tough to have any real tangible concern. We'll see like, you know, 30 games in even a season in, you know, it like yeah. it's so hard to, to get any sweeping kind of just statements out of one single game. Right. Uh, I will say, I think one of the statements I have uh, is just that this Spurs team is really fun. Like, yeah, 
Devin Vassell, Keldon Johnson, Zach Collins, Jeremy Sohan. They had guys like Trey Jones come out and play well. Uh, Seti Osman had like, I think he had like 12 or 13 off the bench. Um, They have some spunk to them. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And maybe, maybe I underestimated how good this team could potentially be just because of Wemby's impact. I'm not saying they're going to be a playing team. I don't think they're going to be a playing team. And I think ultimately when the going gets tough, they're, they're probably lean the other way, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if like, instead of being a 25 win team, instead of being like a 26 win team, they're like a 32 win team. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm with you there. Um, maybe, maybe I, I don't want to get ahead of myself here, mm-hmm. but like, I could see a world where Devin Vassell looks like he did last night. I mean, he's just, he works he so real. well. Uh, yeah, exactly. He works so well off of Wemby. You know, these curling a- actions, the dribble handoffs, the pin down stuff that they were running for him. Keldon Johnson is great as a three point. Like, he's a great shooter as well. That all pairs really well with Wemby. And then you have Sohan, who is, you know, this playmaker, do it all type. Mm-hmm. I-, I just think they have a really fun core. Like, th- yeah, that team, really regardless of how many games they win, is going to be interesting to watch. What were your observations about that Mavericks defense, though? Because what what did they give mm. up to the Spurs? A hundred and nineteen points. Um, yeah, look at the at the end of the day, they outscored them. Luca had thirty three, Kyrie had twenty two. They got a lot of points off of the bench. I think they scored like forty points off of the bench. You know, mm-hmm. like they they did what they had to offensively, but the defensive side of the ball. Ah, mm-hmm. How'd you feel? How'd you feel about it? Um, it was not good. It was not good. And, and at the beginning of the game, it was kind of disheartening because they have had significant roster turnover Mm -hmm. this last season. And, and that was priority. Number one was the defense and the size and the athleticism. And I felt pretty solid about the guys that they brought in. I still feel solid about them, but it almost looked like they were disconnected. And it's the type of thing, in my opinion, that you hope self-resolves with some time and again emphasizing the continuity but there were just some times where I'm like there were a couple of moments that looked like a lack of effort there were Mm -hmm. a couple of moments that I was like okay that's that's kind of basic communication that there's no this is the western conference there's no there's no time have any slippage yeah yeah no nights off and so I was it was frustrating but I also was like they need a solid lineup. They need con- continuity with the lineup. Even the bench guys, like what groups they kind of run with, um, mm-hmm. just building the overall continuity, I think is going to help with the communication because I do think that they have enough guys in Grant Williams, Josh Green, Maxi, Derek Jones Jr., Omax, Derek Lively, enough guys to kind of bridge the yeah. gaps defensively. So I think that they will get there. But last night um, to start the game, I can't remember. I, I was having trouble finding how much uh, – they gave up in the first quarter. I think it was like, I, it was a lot. It was a lot. And Luca mentioned right. it in the post game press conference and it sort of just like sucked the life out of the team and they were spending the whole game catching back up. And so, God damn, you were not wrong. They gave up 43 points in the 43. first quarter. It yeah. was, it was hard to watch because it's like, okay, I mean, the Spurs have solid players, but for this to be the tone that you set that mm-hmm. you're allowing in quarter one of game one of the season, yeah. not looking good. And so it was good to see them kind of be resilient and, and hang in there so they could close it out. Uh, but yeah, you can't, you can't be giving up 40 plus points in a quarter. Yeah. It, I mean, yeah, you just, that's not going to go very well. <laughs> it was kind of uh, crazy to watch. <laughs> and like, it's, it's also, you, you have to consider like, this is a young Spurs team that they gave 40 points to. And like, yeah. I, I understand we just talked up 
you know, how fun this Spurs team can be, maybe how competitive they'll be, but ultimately like they're one of the worst teams in the West, right? Uh, How is this going to look against the Nuggets, right? On the complete opposite end of the spectrum, you know, you're going to give up 150 points on that night. You know what I mean? Are you going to be able to score 175 (laughs) points, Lauren Gunn? That's the question. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Interesting enough. I think, I think like that game, you know, sort of showed you what the potential is for both teams, how they're yeah. trying to win also. Uh, and I think it'll be interesting to see, you know, the minute restrictions for Wemby, how he looks on the foul front. Uh, mm-hmm. That's obviously going to be something that, you know, you got to keep your eye on, if you will. Um, maybe hold off on the defensive player of the year takes for now, but uh, <laughs> it, it is what it is. It's fun. Let's let's rock with it. It's the early yeah. early season reactions and pre, you know, kind of like the overreactions for everything that we've yeah. seen. Uh, speaking of overreactions, the Toronto Raptors are the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. You know, they're one. <laughs> they're one to know, you know, taking it, toppling, toppling the, the Giants, the Minnesota Timberwolves. They are huge. They are they a are. big team uh, with Rudy Gobert and Carl, Carl Anthony Towns. They were missing Jaden McDaniels, who's another really big player for them. Um, but it was a good game. It was an interesting game. I, like the Raptors won 97 to 94. And that's how they're going to try to win pretty much every game. It's the gritty, let's stop this team. Let's try to limit as many points in the paint. Let's try to, you know, obviously pressure the paint as much as possible on the other end. Let's force turnovers. They they forced 14 turnovers for Minnesota and, and got 34 fast break points. Like they were, this team, Lauren, is going to be the best transition team in the NBA. Like by like far, it. They are going to just run the hell out of the ball. Scotty Barnes, Pascal Siakam, OG, all those guys are like, yeah, they can they can feast on that end, right? Mm-hmm. Dennis Schroeder was really good for them in his debut. Uh, I got a fun little stat for you from Raptors PR. He is the first Raptor since Kawhi Leonard to drop 20-plus points in his Raptors debut. Ooh. So so just a bit high expectations, if you will. Yeah, I know. He even laughed about it. He's like, let's not do that. Let's not throw that type of expectation out there. I like it. Um, and I feel like, you know what, from listening to Schroeder's postgame, he kind of mm-hmm. he, he kind of seemed like he knew in the back of his mind what the expectations were for this team, but he couldn't really say it out loud. Like yeah. he was listing off the players that he had on the roster. And then afterwards, he kind of gave a smile. He's like, huh, yeah, we're trying to win games. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, so <laughs> it's just I, I it's it's just funny to me. But ultimately, yeah. like. That's the way the Raptors are trying to win. It's, you know, generating a lot of points off turnovers. It's getting out and running. It's making sure that their defense is where they're hanging the hat on um, and where, where their identity lies. I think that's a really clear cut way to do it, too, because between OG, between Scotty Barnes, who had a career high five blocks last night, um, Precious Achua, guys like that, Pascal Siakam, obviously, it's very clear cut that this team can be elite on the defensive end. You take you take two of those guys and put them on the Mavericks. That team is very different. You know what Gosh. I mean? Um, I can dream. I can dream. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but ultimately, like I think, I think that's that's something that uh, you you got to watch for for the Raptors. And you know they struggled in the half court again. This was pretty much the exact same type of game that they wanted to win. Like if there was a a, a kind of pathway for them to do this every single game, they would. This is the way mm-hmm. that they want to win. It's like getting teams to score less than a hundred points a game. It's like scoring half of their points in transition. Like this is, that's the way they want to play. Uh, and it worked out. 
in, in game one. Let's see how that looks against different competition against yeah. less size in Minnesota, you know, maybe against a more switch heavy team, uh, maybe against a team that has just more offensive firepower. I think Minnesota also is dealing with some of their kind of quirks offensively last night. They, they still have to deal with the wonky spacing issues of cat and Gobert and mm-hmm. how they're going to work that out. But uh, ultimately I, I, I think like Minnesota is going to be fun this year. I think they, yeah. they showed that like they can be a really, really potent defensive team. Uh, mm-hmm. And they didn't even have J-Mac in the lineup last night. So, yeah, fun fun game. If I can ask, what what were your thoughts on Grady's debut and, and the fact that he only played two minutes? He's not going to play a lot. I don't Really? Think he's gonna, you don't think I, so? Yeah, I don't think he's going to play a lot. Uh, well, at least I would say I would be pretty surprised if he gets like consistent run in the first 20 to 40 games. I think okay. yeah, second half good. of the season – Maybe there's a trade or two, you know, to kind of change up the bench a little bit. Um, And he gets more opportunity in the second half. I really would be surprised if he got real opportunity in the first half. Um, Got it. You know, Chris Boucher didn't even play last night and Otto Porter Jr. didn't play last night. And, you know, those are guys that I thought would be in the rotation uh, Mm -hmm. to start the year. But they just have so many front court players. You think they of do. Precious Achua, you think of obviously Scotty OG, Pascal, all those guys. But uh, it's just tough to find minutes for for all of these yeah. guys. And I think I lean towards even if it's not a massive Pascal trade, even if it's not a massive OG trade or whatever, something has to go down with this team to give it just a tad bit more roster balance. All respect yeah. to Malachi Flynn. That's my guy. We interviewed him last year. But, like, mm-hmm. you need a little bit more guard help. Um, and while I think they are kind of giving some of the responsibilities to him off of the bench, you need another guy as well. Um, yeah. And if you can find that guy, I don't know. Earlier today we were talking about, like, TJ McConnell as, like, a potential oh, yeah. guy off of the bench. You know, maybe Boucher for McConnell type of thing. But, like, mm-hmm. just something like that to give yeah. you a little bit more roster balance and mm-hmm. then be able to – you know, get more Grady Dick minutes in there. You know what I mean? But he was yeah. all right. Like he, he had a nice cut. He played for two minutes, didn't shoot the ball. I think he had a reverse layup that he missed, but that was it. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't, yeah. wasn't anything too, too special. Um, yeah, that's, that's the, that's the Toronto Raptors angle of things. It was, <laughs> it, it was, it was interesting. Um, just like seeing how they wanted to play and like how mm-hmm. grueling it is, but mm-hmm. uh, ultimately a very different game than the Mavericks Spurs one. Say yeah. That, what were your what were your thoughts on the new coach, the new system, seeing it in like a full real game that matters? They had 27 or 28 assists on yeah. 36 made shots. So like they were moving the ball a lot, which mm-hmm. is very different from last year. Uh, if that stays the same way throughout the course of the season, pretty cool. That's Good that's plus. like a very, mm-hmm. yeah, very different way to play. And I think it'll it'll help them in the half court like they were the second last half court team last year o- offensive efficiency wise if they can get it to like even like middle of the pack yeah it was them and the rockets those were the two worst oh, half wow. court I did not teams that. in the league um and like if they can even get it to like middle of the pack that would be a huge improvement for this team and i think they can get that just by like moving the ball quicker getting their guys to move a little bit quicker too yeah, yeah I, I think that's yeah. ultimately it. Dar- I mean, they loved it, man. Darko was, you know, he got celebrated. He had like the ice bucket shower. Oh, yeah, I, I did you, see that. I don't know that if you briefly. saw 
Yeah, but he he had yeah, it was a good time. Good vibes. Vibes are back in Toronto. That's mostly that's the case. That's a huge. That's a big that's a big deal. It was shaky last year. I mean, mm-hmm. from what nice. I've heard, from what everything I've I've kind of like the tea leaves if you will, mm-hmm. uh there was a lot of animosity to say the least in that locker yes. room last year. Changing the vibes around is obviously a huge part of this process. So, yeah. For yeah. Sure. They look good. They look good. I, good. I'm more optimistic about the season now than I was last month. And like, I'm not, yes. Yeah. I'm not saying like optimistic in the sense that they're going to be a top four seed in the East or whatever, Mm -hmm. but I think they could be a frisky play in playoff, maybe, maybe playoff team um, and give someone like a nice little scare in the first round. You know, I, I think that's possible. A month ago, I did not have that expectation. I think they were going to bottom out and, you know, different story. But they they look better. They look like they've bought into the system, which is a huge plus to yeah, kind of that's a big part look of it at. for sure. Anything else you have takeaway wise? Have you what other games have you kind of been scrolling through to mm-hmm. see what's out there? I uh, I watched the first half of the Rockets Magic game. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the Rockets look rough, man. Really? Uh, that That's that, my first overreaction is that, <laughs> like, I remember we had this conversation of mm-hmm. how it could look great, but it could also be a complete disaster. Yeah. It's the initial overreaction here is that it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's a disaster and it looks really bad. Yikes. Yeah. Um, they, they gave up like, like your Mavericks, they gave up like 40 points in the first quarter or something like that. Uh, they, they were down by like 30, right? They lost by 30. Yeah. In Orlando and Orlando looks really good for that part. Like Franz and Paolo and them. They, yeah. Really, really too. good. Yeah. But um, I just, yeah, it was, yeah. It was ugly. Oof. I, so I caught, um, Atlanta, Charlotte. I watched that a bit cause I wanted to see Brandon Miller and I wanted to see obviously LaMelo, but I really mm-hmm. wanted to see Mark Williams because obviously very different from the Derek Lively situation, but there are similarities in terms of sort of like high expectations, but not wanting to rush the process. Right. Um, and so I wanted to see what he looked like because I, I saw him in a couple of preseason games and I was like, Mark Williams looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. And so I, I mean, I enjoyed kind of watching how he was playing with them and, and Brandon Miller looked solid. Um, and so that game, I mean, there wasn't, I honestly didn't take away a whole lot of that, but because I was watching at the same time, Boston, New York, and that right. I was pretty like, <laughs> I need to see this. I need to see how this so goes. I haven't, I haven't watched that yet. I'm, oh. That's part of my yeah, pre- pre-game one. kind yeah, of planning to get ready. How, how was that game? It was good. It was, it was close and it was competitive. RJ Barrett looked really solid, which that game, like, of the people that I would have expected to like really step up, you know, mm. and put up a good line against Boston's defense, I wouldn't have thought it would be RJ, but Fair. it was. And okay. so, I mean, he looked solid. Porzingis returning to to Madison Square Garden again, he was on fire. Yeah. And so I'm kind of curious, like knowing how the Mavs Porzingis experience went, I'm curious to see what that looks like for him. And I, I've heard people talk about him you know, in Dallas, he was the number two option. Now he's three at best. Four, yeah. Yeah. yeah and yeah. so how, what's that going to look like over the course of a whole season? And so that's kind of what I wanted to see. And so it was good to see him come out firing on all cylinders because that's yeah. huge. But I, I want to see what they look like. I mean, you got Al Horford coming off the bench, who I think is going to handle that very well. But there, you got Derek 
white in a contract year and now he's sharing with with drew holiday like there's a lot of who's moving, also in a contract year yeah, yeah there's a lot of moving parts there and so i want to see what that looks like mm-hmm. yeah i i was talking to someone about this today who's a knicks fan and they were kind of uh begrudgingly complaining about jalen brunson and um you know julius randall who struggled last <laughs> night um yeah he but did. but yeah he was essentially saying like th- this celtics team looks a little bit different just because of Porzingis and how he kind of throws a wrench in everything that they did last season, or maybe doubles down on what they did last season. I'm mostly just curious about the shot diet moving forward. Like if you're just going to, they were launching threes. Let me see how many threes they took last, yeah, no kidding. last night. But um, like if they're, if they're going to lean into this three point barrage, like, is that sustainable for a playoff run? They took 39 threes. So actually less than okay. the Knicks, but ultimately I, I'm kind of just curious. Oop. I almost lost my microphone there. Um, I'm I'm kind of curious just how much they lean into the shot diet stuff and yeah. if if they're able to diversify their offense a little bit more. This isn't a game one concern. This isn't even a game forty or a game eighty two concern. This is more of a of a playoff concern. But mm-hmm. uh, I guess that's the one thing I have about Boston. They are going to be a good team. Like there's no oh, yeah, question about they that. They're going to be formidable. And the fact that the Knicks, you know, kept it close. Emmanuel quickly was hooping. That's that's oh, very yeah, cool. I'm excited to to watch that game. Uh, yeah, that's, you'll enjoy that. It's a good one. So, so I, I obviously, I'm assuming we both watched the opening night games and Lakers, Nuggets, yes. and, and Suns, Warriors. Lakers are playing again tonight against the Suns. No Devin Booker, no Bradley Beal. Um, but it's the first time KD and LeBron are going to play against each other in the regular season since like 2018, which is just ridiculous. <laughs> I didn't realize um, that either. Yeah, absolutely wild. I think there are, you know, despite the Nuggets winning that game and winning it pretty handedly, like the Lakers pushed and pushed and they, you know, made some runs here and there, but ultimately the Nuggets were just way too overpowering. I think there are a lot of positives to take away from the Lakers side of things because they still have a lot of, you know, moving parts. You mentioned it with, with the Celtics of like how this is all going to fit together. I think the Lakers completely changed their roster in the summer. You know, they, they're obviously bringing a couple guys back in Austin Reeves and, and Rui Hachimura and mm-hmm. D'Angelo Russell, but you know, you're adding Gabe Vincent, you're adding Christian Wood, you're adding Jackson Hayes, you're adding Torian Prince, just like Cam Reddish even, right? These are all guys who you sort of have to get acclimated to. And it might take a while for this team to do that. But I, I it kind of proved my point that this team is going to be able to survive a little bit more in the regular season, because they just seemed really formidable as a defensive team. And then on the offensive side of the ball, it was interesting because LeBron only played like 26 minutes, 27 minutes. Mm-hmm. We talked about that on the podcast. It's like, yep. how are they going to manage these guys' minutes and how is it going to look? I'm kind of curious to see how that looks through the first 25 games. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I think with LeBron, it's sort of like you kind of ha- will just have to take it for what it is. Like mm-hmm. it's a wait and see kind of thing with the, with the load management aspect of it. There were a couple of things that really surprised me. I don't want to say really surprised me, but I was shocked at how early they went to Christian Wood that I actually did not expect that. Um, And then I also was shocked at Anthony Davis in the second half. What obviously there were a lot of big statements made. Uh, What were your thoughts about that? Because yeah, Uh, that was interesting to me. I thought the Nuggets are a better defense than people expected. I just like, yeah, that's probably a good way to put it. Yeah. Like they, they are a very, very good defensive team. Not very good, but like they're good enough to, 
to kind of keep things afloat. I think Jokic, when he's locked in, can be a good defender. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just they have a lot of size. Like, you know, we were talking about the t- Timberwolves earlier and just how big they are. The Nuggets are really big too, right? Michael yeah. Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon, Jokic, even KCP and Murray, those guys are like bigger guards. Um, they're they're just they're they have a lot of size. And I thought that maybe the Lakers adding some size in the offseason would maybe help counteract some of that, but you know, there's there's functional size and then there's size. And I think ultimately the Nuggets just have way more functional size. Uh, and I think that's like the the biggest not concern I have for the Lakers, but like how are they going to utilize all of their quote unquote pieces? Like what is this going to look like in mm-hmm. its final form? That's something that has to sort of evolve as the as the season goes forward. But um, it's also interesting because I think the same thing can apply to Phoenix, right? Phoenix had yeah. this like rotating crew of guys just come in and play with KD and Booker on opening night. Um, and it was just like, okay, some of these guys work. Some of these guys don't like Eric Gordon really seamlessly fit in there. Um, mm-hmm. I thought there was moments where like guys like Utah Watanabe fit in well. Josh Okogie had a really good game. Drew Eubanks was good. Yusuf Nurkic, Yusuf Nurkic. I completely oh, forgot. Yeah. Like Nurkic had a really, really good game. And like mm-hmm. his screening ability opened up Booker and Durant in a lot of ways. But uh, how is that going to work? How is the rotating crew of guys going to work? It seems like their offense is going to be more than enough to just win games in the regular season. But, yeah. you know, final form, how does that look, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, with Phoenix, the the last time we talked about them, my biggest concern was – something that you had mentioned with Toronto and the diversity on the roster in terms of having that balance. Yeah. And for me, it, the probably the bigger concern was the ball handling and having mm-hmm. that pure point guard. And you looked at Devin Booker and, and commented on, on him, him being their point guard. And that yeah, he is, him. he is like, he and has so, to be. Yeah. He has to be. And so the way that they've kind of started establishing their offensive identity and continuing to build on that, I think sort of answered some of my concerns. I know it's obviously early and and you never know, especially sometimes the injuries, which it looks like they're already starting to struggle with a little bit. You never yeah. know where the season is going to go. But seeing that right out of the gate for me was like, okay, mm-hmm. that kind of tampers a little bit some of the concerns that I've No had. pun intended. Very yep. nice. Drew what? Eubanks, throw that second in round pick. Very nice. <laughs> you know, I real quick on that, have they always done the immediate – draft pick like second round draft pick the 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 most like the closest one that you uh, have available. i don't know because i was like oh man that's a good question that's a good question because what was it for philly actually no I philly it was the most recent one was it, it really was. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. yeah yeah so maybe it okay. is the most recent one that they go with and then yeah funny funny for that to be the case with drew eubanks with and drew, tampering right? and whatnot <laughs> um speaking of tampering i guess like we could talk about harden a little bit here yeah, let's do it um like, do you, okay, so the report is that Adrian Wojnarowski, I think it was Adrian, I don't even know who reported mm-hmm. it, but essentially the Clippers are done on the James Harden sweepstakes for now. They're kind of saying, hey, we'll talk about it later. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe we'll address it at some point. So that means no one is trading for James Harden, right? <laughs> um, and, mm-hmm. you know, there was there was that report that came out today that said, you know, the, the Sixers are, are telling James Harden to stay home and they're not telling yep. him to come, you know? So what is, how, where does this even all end? Like, is he going to play for the Sixers? You know, is, is tonight then I don't think he's going to play tonight, but like, no. well, he isn't, he actually isn't going to play tonight because yeah. they, they sent him home. They said, don't come. Yeah. He's definitely not going to play on Saturday against Toronto now, 
what is the end goal here for Philly? What is the end goal here for Harden? Because it just doesn't seem like there's any real tangible solution. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that the number one thing that I keep coming back to when I'm like, how is this situation going to play out is the fact that if he holds out, it affects his ability to enter unrestricted free agency. Yeah. And so for me, I'm like, if that wasn't a thing, if that wasn't taking place or a factor, then I would just expect him to continue to sit out until he moves on. So because of that, I'm like, how much pressure? Mm -hmm. And also like, what kind of shape is he in? Because I really have no idea what the answer to that question is. And I, at the same time, say he is in game shape. Say it doesn't take long for him to get ready to play a minutes restriction role. Right. The feelings around that situation, that's not something that you're going to want in mm -hmm. your, I mean, obviously you want the talent, you want Embiid to have the talent and to be, have a shot and be happy. But yeah. I think there's going to be so much animosity there. I mean, well, I'm not even going to open up that can of worms. I was going to say whole Embiid stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was going to say how much, which situation do you think had more animosity, Ben Simmons or James Harden right now? Ooh, um, I would probably, oh, that's actually a good question. I don't know. Cause I felt like, I feel like the Ben one was so intense, but with James, yeah. it was like, this is our shot. This is mm -hmm. really the shot to win. Yeah. And so at first I would say Ben, but now I'm like, well, the stakes seem to be a little bit higher, especially mm -hmm. with the MVP year. So I really don't know how to answer that question. I think with Ben, the fans were a big factor. Yeah, um, I like agree with that. the Philly fans were just on him, you know, and I think actually if you were to ask Philly fans right now, most people would probably side with Harden. Like if you go through quote oh, tweets, wow. if you go through like replies and stuff, people are asking for Daryl Morey to get fired. Really? You know wow. what I mean? So maybe, maybe the, you know, court of public opinion, if you will, <laughs> yeah. is leaning more Harden versus Morey, which is ironic because it just doesn't seem like that's the right yeah. way to, but, but at the same time, like who knows, you know, there's the intricacies of these type of relationships, the way they falter is like, so um, complex, yeah. complex and brittle. And like, you know, it just, yeah, it, it can change with any given mode. I, I will not be part of an organization that Daryl Morey is a part of. I repeat. <laughs> I will never forget waking Darryl, up and seeing that video. I was Darryl like, is Morey's this real? Is this a bit? <laughs> that was insane. Oh, oh man. It's perfect. It's, it's such a good meme. It like I use it mm. uh, if, if for anything. You could slot in Daryl Morey for literally anything <laughs> else. Uh, Precious Achua is a lot, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, look, folks, that's, that's uh, it from our side. I guess the one thing I will say, Mm -hmm. The one question I had to ask you, you know, we've got a chance to watch, I would say most of the league now, mm -hmm. uh, or, you know, whatever you've got the chance to see so far. Uh, what is your number one league pass team this season? Man. Uh, outside like, of the Mavericks, obviously. Outside of the yeah. Mavericks. Yeah. I'm going to say, let me think, let me think about this for a sec. Okay. It's, it's such a cop out answer, but probably OKC. Damn you. I was going to say Did I take your okay, answer? See. Yeah. Okay, let, I, me, let me throw a different one. Let me throw a different okay, one. Okay, sure. Sure, sure. My, my true second place league pass team <laughs> <laughs> is, um, I'm going to probably say Orlando then. I think their guys, okay. one, I'm very interested to see how Jalen Suggs, you know, in my brain that I've always got what's, who's next on the chopping block, right, like who's right, right, becoming yeah. available. So there's that aspect to it as well. Um, so I, I think probably Orlando, there's just, there's so much going on there and they're an exciting team just at the surface level, not even yeah. 
diving into all that. So for no, you, yeah. it's OKC. Orlando's fun. Yes. For me, it's, it's OKC. So two O yeah. teams, but yes, uh, oh, OKC yeah. is, yeah. I mean, look, I literally right after this podcast, I'm going to open up the OKC Bulls game and, and watch it in its entirety just because I want to see, you know, I want to see Chet. I want to see Shea, who seemed like he was on fire last night. Case and Wallace mm-hmm. was hooping apparently. Oh, yeah. Just like a lot of different things. They have so many different angles, like Orlando. They have just so many different young and intriguing guys that you're like, hmm, I wonder, you know? Right. Uh, and yeah, that's why they're so fun. And maybe uh, both teams take the leap this year. You know what I mean? So that's yeah. why I love well, what. Well, when you're watching the game, you can uh, you can see what prompted the post game players only meeting in Chicago. Because <laughs> I I did not catch that game, but clearly <laughs> clearly it trumped saw, up some feelings. I saw Demar Derozan said something afterwards too. He said we were disrespected or something like that. Hold on. Oh. Let me, let me, let me pull it up real quick. I did not catch that quote. It was uh, it was a little bit of a fiery quote here. Um, Demar Derozan, we got our asses kicked. Home opener. That's disrespect to us and disrespect to our fans. We won't let that happen again. So that is it. Um, oh gosh. Look, Demar is entering a contract year. I'm sure there are people that would be willing to take on Demar in a contract year, especially contenders who are interested in his services Mm -hmm. would not be surprised if that's a situation that pops off if the bulls get off to a slow start maybe we talk about them as the blow-up candidate versus toronto because yeah that's where i'm that's where i'm sitting mm -hmm, like and in the summer there were like the levine rumors of like maybe mm -hmm. they they kind of toyed with the idea of trading levine but the price was so high like hey Maybe there's something there, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, I think so. I think the biggest thing is Demar being in a contract year because mm-hmm. if he wasn't, you might be able to try and like convince yourself. I guess I still go back to the Vooch extension. I don't. I still don't understand that. But that's mm-hmm. neither here nor there. I, I 100% think that they. It's reasonable to almost expect them to to enter fire sale mode and right. really the biggest thing is because of the the expiring contract if it wasn't i wouldn't feel so like oh it's coming but mm-hmm. i sort of feel like that that clock is ticking and and if it's getting to a point where not only are you dealing with all of those factors but you're not winning and there's tension please yeah start no i i hear you it, it's also like man if you look back at bulls history since the d rose jimmy butler era yeah. It has been rough, just really, really rough. The Jimmy Butler trade, you get Lowry Markkinen, you get Levine, you trade Lowry Markkinen, you trade Wendell Carter Jr. Both of those guys are doing very well elsewhere. They, you know, and you obviously have the first round pick that I believe turned into Franz Wagner. It's just like it, it's tough right now Mm. for the Bulls. Um, They feel like. I don't know. They feel like Manchester United. Uh, if I'm doing like a soccer, <laughs> yeah. you know, thing, obviously Crossing. Manchester is so huge, but at the same time, the Bulls are huge. Like the Bulls, Bulls are, are you know, hey, Chicago dynasty, 90s, they dominated Michael top Jordan, logo. all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, and oh, yeah, your top logo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Shout out to the top logos, baby. Shout out to the Wizards logo for the real one. I stand by it. I stand by it. Same with the Wolves. Same for people wolves. who don't know, uh, Lauren said that the Wizards logo was a top 10 logo in the NBA. Please do yep. yourself a favor and go Google the Wizards logo from right now. But yes, um, yeah, I, I don't know, man. Chicago's just, it must suck right now to be a Bulls yeah. fan. And funny enough, the Raptors are playing the Chicago Bulls on Friday. <laughs> so I get to see that uh, firsthand. It'll be good. Um, Lauren, anything else before we head out of here? 
Uh, no, I, uh, I think we both have some intriguing seasons ahead of us. Both of our mm-hmm. teams are sort of, I don't want to say in a state of flux cause there's a negative connotation with that, but I think that there are, there's questions, there's big questions. And I think that they are going to get answered and I'm kind of excited for what that will mean for, for both of our teams that yeah. we follow so closely, because I think it's sort of going to both of them, what they do have in common is that it's going to kind of propel them into this next era, whatever that looks like. Whatever that looks. And the whatever is what terrifies most people. But <laughs> yeah. um, yes, I agree. The, the 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 kind of deadline, whatever you have is is sort of, it's coming very quickly for both of these teams. So yes. yes, thank you very much for everybody who's tapped into the Objective Basketball Podcast. Lauren, you're you're in Chicago right now, so you maybe I go am. watch that Raptors game. Might okay, just have to hop down. Um, yeah, or actually maybe sneak into the players only meeting and see what happens. Get <laughs> I, a little I, I'm exclusive gonna for us. mark my yeah. calendar. I'm sure there yes. will be one. <laughs> oh yeah, there's definitely going to be a second one because they need it. <laughs> Um, All right. Thank you very much. Appreciate you guys and do all the liking and subscribing and things you guys always do. And appreciate you guys for tapping into the Objective Basketball Podcast. We'll see you guys later. Follow hosts at Just S. Barahini on all socials and at The Lauren Gun on Twitter. The Objective Basketball Podcast. Delivering the NBA to you like no other.